This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Nebraska preps post game with Damon Benning and Jacob Padilla. You're the big voice guy. That's Nebraska preps post game. That's Jacob Padilla, and this voice is me, Damon Benning, ODB. What's up, Jacob? How are you? Hey, I'm doing well. How about you, DB? I'm I'm good. It's weird. I feel like we talk all the time. So when we were actually on the podcast, it's like, hmm. Are we going to be any different than we are via text or anything else? I, I, I just don't know. Yeah. I just don't know. We got a lot of ideas, though. This was some weekend. Yeah, this is some, some good basketball. Obviously, you got the kind of the two stretches of conference tournaments. The holiday, a lot of teams, their conferences kind of knock out their tournaments then. And then we get to this time of the year where there are a bunch of the other conferences that are playing uh, playing out their tournaments. And we had some really good ones this week, for sure. Yeah, so the firm date, district seedings will be, what, February 13th? Is that something like that? Is that about the date right around there? So a couple of teams have some have a chance to make some hay, right? Because there are some big games coming up for some of these basketball teams. I mean, if you're a, you know, if you're Waverly or Platteview or Scott, you shoot. Scott's got Norris on the schedule. Waverly's got Elkhorn uh, on February 9th. Uh, Norris has uh, Mount Michael yeah. this weekend, which. Should be really, really good. I mean, it, it will have a chance to sort itself out. In A, it's really interesting because that back half is so muddled, right? I mean, it's is there a real separator six through ten? I I think the top <laughs> five is the consensus, right? Yeah. And yeah. in some order, it goes West Side Papillion, Millard West. And Westside Millard West can figure that out here Friday. Yeah. Um, probably Gretna, Papio, South-ish? Maybe at Carney's. That's, that's the thing. Once we get – we're to the point up there where you could throw pick a name out of a hat and it's probably has, has a strong case. So we've seen Papillion the Vista South kind of play themselves out of, out that, of yeah. that, that stretch there. So. so it's safe to say the sixth spot is up for grabs this week with the winner of Westside and Millard West because Westside has beaten both Papillion and Papio South, so we put them ahead of those guys. And then there's Millard West with two quality wins. Uh, they got Millard South Saturday, uh, and a li- or Friday. Was that Friday night? Yeah, that was Friday night. And a little bit of a grudger, 55-45. And then Saturday, who did Millard West beat? Was that Gretna? Uh, forget now. No, Gretna's um, coming up because Gretna had Central in that forty-four thirty-six barn burner. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, talking to some folks from Central, they yeah. get so <laughs> frustrated. Oh, yeah. And it's no coincidence. After every Gretna game, you always hear shot, shot clock. clock. Yeah. <laughs> Coach Feakin never and Coach Heard know what they're doing, and we'll talk to Coach Feakin Friday on the show. And I can't wait because he's. 
I mean, he's super easy going. Like you talk to him, yeah. he's really free flowing and he's really funny. Yeah. And you think they'd have a little bit of a of a loose style, but he's got a lot of young kids and yeah. and they guard you. And that's the thing about Gretna is a few years ago when they they were top of class B and they had uh, some of those uh, Zach Immigs and uh, Joey Johnsons and uh, Ty Dewins and those guys, Trey Brown, they, they did. They played a little bit different style then yeah. when they had that kind of amount of talent. The last few years, they haven't quite got those level of guys. They've kind of had to build uh, younger guys up and kind of play some guys early. So it's been a different, different uh, talent level, different kind of skill set level the last few years. So he's adjusted and is doing uh, what he the, the best giving he can his team for his, the best chance yeah. to win. So not always fun to watch, but you can't necessarily grudge a guy for uh, trying to help his kids as much as possible. Isn't that what good coaches do? Yeah. That's pretty much what good coaches do. So you and I, got, this was unintentional. We kind of split. Yeah. Worked here a little bit. Yeah. You were covering uh, the latter portion of um, the MC tournament. Yeah. And I watched Wahoo and Platteview. So that gave us a nice range. And then we both happened to, to be a huge part of Bellevue West in prep. So where do we start? Should we we got to go right to number one. Uh, yeah. I think we got we got to start with Chucky Hepburn. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I, I, I mean, what more superlatives can you throw out? I mean, we're out of, yeah. we're out of adjectives, right? Okay. At least the positive ones. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And the, the most amazing part is the different ways he did it. Triple-double against Miller North on Friday, then comes back and just takes over 17 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, he uh, got five more in overtime and a key assist. Like he just dominated the second half of that game. At, finished at, with thirty-two. At one point, had scored twenty-three out of Bellevue West twenty-five points. He scored all their field goals. Bellevue West had two made free throws in that time, and he single-handedly just took the game over. So they he scored. They opened the the third quarter with a six-to-two run by Hepburn. They prep switched to a kind of extended trapping two-three. They did not score the rest of the quarter. Right. Prep went into the fourth quarter with a seven-point lead. They stuck with that zone and gave them some problems. And then uh, apparently uh, one of the student, uh, student section members got, maybe— Got under Chucky's yeah, skin a little shared bit. Some, uh, did a little bit of trash talking there. And then Chucky comes out, bangs in four threes. It's kind of funny because I was sitting uh, kind of courtside and behind the, the prep bench area. And you could hear every time the ball swung— uh, Key, Josh Lukey's yelling, don't leave Chucky, don't leave Chucky. Swung it right back, bang, buried it like three, four different times. Yeah, so at the 559 mark, it was 54-43 Creighton yeah. Prep. And right then you're thinking, oh my goodness, Bellevue West is in trouble. Yeah. And it's right about then the three-point barrage yeah. started from one Chucky Hepburn. And it's kind of one of those folk tales that you'll retell differently in about seven, eight years but it appears to have started with the you can't shoot. <laughs> and, and once that was uttered, it was almost like it got personal. Yeah, it's funny. Like that. I mean, anybody that that's followed Chucky's career knows the overall three point percentage is kind of one of the areas that he needs to improve. It hasn't been his strength, but I swear like he's shooting 80% in quite situations on threes. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It seems like that's where all his threes come from. And, and lost in all this, we automatically fast forward to the prep game. But he may have been better yeah. against Miller North. Yeah. 
And we talked about this this morning on the show. You know what makes the triple-double so impressive? Now, Bellevue West doesn't really have this problem, but a lot of times you can make the right basketball play and you can share it, and it doesn't get converted on the other end, right? You have to play with good enough finishers and get them in spots and in good enough spots to kind of capitalize. And a triple-double at the high school level is really, really impressive, especially against a team like Miller North. And just one or two turnovers, I believe. Two, uh, I think. Yeah, so 11 assists, two turnovers against that Miller North team with all that length. And I, I wasn't there because um, of volleyball getting canceled uh, late. I wasn't able to kind of RSVP in time to get there. So I, I went to some different games on Friday, but just kind of listen to people that were there. It's uh, Miller North didn't, didn't really seem interested in contesting a whole lot of three-point shots. And that was a difference. The first game, they uh, shot like 11 for 30 or something like that. Um, they come back here, um, or I think it was even worse than that, but um, come back here, knock down 12 threes. I think Miller North only hit like five of them. Mm-hmm. And then uh, That's almost right. double them up in turnovers. So you're getting more possessions. You're getting more threes. It's going to be hard for Miller North to keep up that way. Yeah, Miller North's inability to take care of the basketball. And it's, it's an interesting point that was made. In your opinion, if Miller North is going to have a chance to cut down the nets, are they better if Hunter Salas leads them in scoring? I, probably not. So the, the thing that's, of, that's yeah. how I feel. And I think that the different, the reason like St. Thomas has been leading them in scoring this season compared to, uh, to Hunter's, St. gets more easy buckets and it's within the flow of the offense. They get him he, the big body around the basket. He gets more finishes. Um, you know, teams are going to be loading up against Hunter every single time. And he's a guy that's creating out on the perimeter off the bounce. A lot of time he'll go get offensive boards and putbacks and that kind of stuff. Just uses athleticism at times, but generally they're able to get easier looks for Saint just based on the position he plays, uh, his skill set and his body type compared to Hunter. And especially, and like I said, with the defensive attention, obviously everybody knows Saint, like he's going to, he's right up there one B on the, the scouting report, but it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the way he scores versus, so if they're not getting one, those catch and shoot threes from Saint, that's a huge part of it. Um, he hasn't quite been shooting as well recently as he did to start the year, which he's shooting over 50%. So that was never going to keep up. Uh, but if, if I think he was uh, one of six uh, in that game from three, yeah. Saint was. So if, if they're not getting those easier buckets from Saint uh, and Hunter has got to be the guy that puts him on his back, it, it's going to be a little bit easier for teams, I think, to, to keep up with them. How does Millard North, in your opinion, because we saw this and maybe it's the Chucky Hepburn factor. Uh, Chucky, you're a better basketball player than I am, especially now. But Chucky, I've said this before, could could get me eight a night, right? <laughs> I I could I could go out there tomorrow probably for sure six. We won't stretch <laughs> it to eight. He's just going to make me a better player. And we capped this almost perfectly. We said, hey, listen, he's the maestro. If he can feed those complimentary pieces, who's three, four, five? We penciled in Josiah Dotzler is probably the the next leading scorer behind he and Frankie Fiddler. You get help from Greg Brown. You get help from William Kyle. It, he can just spoon feed and and make you better basketball players so they get you multiple ways. How does Millard North counter that and get a guy, a talented guy, like Jason Green going? He's such an X factor. If he plays well and he's scoring the basketball, Millard North will almost never lose. I, I feel pretty comfortable saying that. He's as good as anybody's 
quote unquote third option yeah. out there, right? Yeah. How? What happens in the flow of that offense where he can't be that 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 Alfred like a Josiah Dotzler is right now to Batman and Robin? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I think part 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 of it is Josiah's skill set, his ability to to catch and shoot, knock down threes, kind of the, the way he's morphed into that player, and then leverages that to create other things, uh, and then he gets it off his steals and turnovers and uh, plays like that and. I, I, and I think Bellevue West is kind of the way they space the floor, the way um, Chucky's kind of picking teams apart. It creates more opportunities for a guy like Josiah. Whereas a lot of time, Jason, he's got those offensive rebound opportunities, but they don't run uh, a ton of pick and rolls necessarily where they've got the four real space and it's just a two-man game uh, without an extra body or two in the paint. Um, occasionally, they'll kind of get him get the four space, he'll, he'll face up and make a play against a, a bigger guy that got him on him or put a smaller guy, you can get him in the post or whatever. But I think it's just a matter of them continuing to space the four well, move the ball well, and keep other guys involved and get, get those guys more touches. And occasionally, I, I think those guys, that uh, Jason, I, I think can be a little bit more consistent in terms of taking advantage of his opportunities, but it's hard to be consistent. He almost always has a mismatch yeah. every night yeah. out there. Very few are going 6-7 and can come out and guard guys that can handle the basketball. And we're talking about the, like the, the mismatches and the, the easy point opportunities for Saint versus Hunter, and Jason can kind of the same thing there. That's I think that's what they've got to be able to do is where they come out every night, whoever has the best matchup, they've got to be able to play through that versus just kind of relying on Saint and Hunter to go get theirs. And that's what we saw um, in the, the Metro semifinal against uh, Central is where Jason and Tyler Sandoval, they yeah, had the best matchup. A, a really, really good play. I, I just think there's some ways night in, night out that are... Can you imagine being Tyler Sandoval and Jason Green and getting somebody else's fourth and fifth best defenders? Yeah. I mean, that's you. You got to find a way to be able to take advantage. And of maybe that. there's more off-ball screens and that kind of stuff you can do to get those guys in the right spots. Um, it, it's just a matter. They've they've got all the talent there. They just got to kind of figure out how they can again leverage uh, game in game out where their best matchups are. So more impressive, a two and zero weekend from Omaha Central, grinding one out against Gretna or Prep, and a loss to Bellevue West on Saturday in which. It was a fantastic game, right? I yeah. mean, Buckley really good in stretches. City really good in stretches. And then Junger stepped up, too, after not doing much in the first game. Yeah, a couple of key yeah. key buckets from Junger showing you versatility. How about a guy that we, I almost didn't hear his name called until it counted late was A.J. Rollins with a couple of key buckets in the low post. And then, oh, by the way, you had O'Malley who... Wow, he'd like a few of those threes yeah. back. He missed some wide open looks, but still possessing the ability to get downhill yeah. and get to the rim. Yeah, and and then heck, uh, Martel Evans, uh, yeah. junior coming D- off the bench, Energizer Bunny. And so preps in that third quarter, prep seniors they had some of their wings. They were making some bad decisions, some mm-hmm. turnovers, um, taking some bad shots. So uh, Lukey. Evans didn't play in the first half. Turned to him, the junior. Uh, he's played every game, but doesn't isn't a huge part of the rotation. Came in there and gave him some good stretch, and he he stuck with him in the fourth quarter. He went and got fouled three times, made five of the six free throws, got the steal and the, the the kind of the pass out to Justin City for the breakaway yeah. dunk. He gave him a nice spark. So um, that, how about that, him? How about him converting at the foul line? Yeah, I think he came into that one at shooting as forty eight percenter. Yep, 
and made five out of six. So um, that was a key stretch too. So that that is kind of the the thing about this game is you could feel either way if you're prep coming out of this. That was a huge opportunity. Catching Bellevue West on the back end of that back-to-back where they had to give so much to beat Millard North. They played so well in that game. It's hard to replicate that kind of effort in back-to-back nights. You didn't get quite uh, the same amount of prep time uh, for prep that you would have for Millard North. Obviously, you had a whole week leading up to it. So you couldn't have asked for a better situation and you had that game won. You, like you said, you had that 11-point lead early in the fourth yeah. quarter and to let it slip away there. And you had a couple chances, even overtime, to take back the lead, to get it. They were trading buckets in that overtime. They go in there, miss a shot. Um, or now, or Bellevue West goes back down and scores. And so now you're, you're trailing versus kind of trading shots there. Um, so they, you got to come away. This is a huge missed opportunity for prep. On the other hand... They were right there. Like, and they, again, they had a chance to win that game. They showed they've got what it takes to compete with the, the very best. So it's clearly that top three right now. Is it possible to say, I'm almost hesitant to say this, is Coach Lutke underrated or <laughs> underappreciated as a head coach? I I don't know that he's underrated. Maybe I think you maybe yeah. underappreciated. I, I think not you, underrated. Yeah. I think you turn towards guys like Doug Ward and uh, Coach Barnes. Yeah, and so guys that have kind of had the bigger names and have been doing it for so long. But I mean, you look at what uh, Luke he's done at prep there, and the way he's built up that program to where they they turn guys over and they've got guys that are similar players that step up, fill that mold. What's every a bad year. season look like for prep? <laughs> Uh, I mean, is, is it is it sixteen wins? Something. I, yeah, I remember they were <laughs> fourteen wins, and people wonder what's going on. Yeah, so it, it, they've been top five in the last several years, kind of in that mix. Though so, um, they just really don't step. And then we're talking uh, O'Malley, Jungers, uh, Evans. Like these guys are going to be ready to step in next year to kind of keep this going, even though they're going to lose. Hey, you talk about uh, multiple championship players. winners since two thousand ten. Uh, Lutke is right there with the Chubbicks, the Woodards. Yeah. I, I mean, it's a short list. The the the, the Barons, the Woodards, the Chubbicks, yeah. the Lutkeys. I mean, they're dominating the state titles here in the last 10 years. And the way that he's kind of adjusted the way they play over the last few years. Since I've started, they playing much more up-tempo, much more space and pace. Yeah. They, he, he's one of those coaches that was able to see where the game is going and adjust the way he, he, uh, his team's played and be really good at it. Like, you, you can't, there aren't a lot of guys that... Coaches, they kind of have their style and they're good at what they do. We, we've seen this with, at, at Creighton with Greg McDermott. The ability to transform kind of your style and the way you teach it and then do that really well as well, that, that, that speaks to how good of a coach you really are. How are you kind of previewing, and I know Westside has Elkhorn South tomorrow in a reschedule, but a huge game against Millard West on Friday. Millard West, matchup-wise, in my opinion, it's not good for Omaha Westside. A big, strong, physical bunch. They guard you, they push you, they touch you. I'm not, I, don't, I don't love Westside's chances and the ability to, to win a low-scoring game. Yeah. How do you see that one? And how can Westside maybe get the scoring going? Yeah, uh, 
Evan Myersick had a heck of a week last year. a handful. Nine points, nine boards, nine assists in uh, their first game, and then followed up with 26 and eight, I think, in their second game last week. And at 6'4", six, 6'5", six, the ability to step out and knock down a jumper as well as score inside, catch on the roll and finish, post up and finish. Um, he is going to be a tough matchup. I, I'm not quite yeah. sure. I think, I think Westside really has to make a concerted effort, especially without Advati. Yeah. They have to make Millard West play 94 feet. I, oh, yeah. Because they're so quick and so good off the bounce with the catch and shoot. If they can, that's, especially defensively, yeah. right? Like, They've got they've got some trap to their game. They can they can they can guard you for ninety four feet. They're going to have to find a way to to make Millard West put it on the deck. Yeah, and try to speed them up. Make sure they can't get those easy post touches. I think that's absolutely the the path to success for Westside in that game. Obviously, they're going to have to shoot the ball. Uh, it seems like they've been doing that a little bit better yeah. recently than they were they were in the first half of the season when they were struggling. Um, so that's going to be a huge key. You've got to be able to speed them up. Go get some easy looks for yourself. Um, and then you need uh, some bench contributions, a couple guys to step in and knock down a couple of shots there. That's kind of how you, you, you keep those point totals up is you come at, you come at them with uh, kind of the, the relentlessness. You push it every chance you get, and then you got guys coming off the bench uh, with fresh legs and kind of continuing that same style. Safe with Pius at five. They're, they're in, we, got one, we got one through five, right? Yeah. Central firm at four, finding multiple ways to play. I mean, maybe that's the coach parents factor. Kind of started to get his rotation down too, uh, and 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 Pius at five. Yeah, and Pius kind of survived a tough game from uh, Scott this last week. That's how um, they play? Yeah, and th- that I, I told you it was going to be a pretty good one. You we'll did. See. Yeah, he, he said, "Well, that one's interesting. That one's on my radar." And at niche, at first blush, I thought, "Wow, I don't love the matchup in yeah. the backcourt," but it was very, very physical. <laughs> And Scott doesn't mind playing that way. Well, and Pius had some huge plays in the fourth quarter. Uh, corner threes from uh, Brady Christensen and then um, Luke Taubenheim from each corner in that fourth quarter that allowed them to pull away when neither one of those guys had really scored the rest of the game. Come in, knock down those huge shots. They were able to get control and then just hold on to it the rest of the game. It's, quite a, it's a little juggling act for Coach Pitchko, right? Because he likes tempo. But sometimes I think Pius's shot selection gets away from him. <laughs> I mean, is that? But that's the way they play. And we're going to get to a team here in a second because we're talking about coaching jobs. I want to get to Platteview and, and Wahoo because uh, I saw that one. There's a couple of big ones with Mount Michael and Norris. And then there's Waverly kind of way in the cut. I want to get to that in a sec. But having said that, it's kind of – there's some give and take there, right, to be free-flowing free and give freedom versus – is that a good shot or can we get a great shot, right? I, I felt like it reared its ugly head against Bell West, and it almost caught up with them uh, the other night. Yeah, and that's – I think part of it is um, when you don't have a ton of individual creation, I think a lot of those guys are better kind of finishers than they are creators. So you, you're kind of relying on the Hoybergs a lot to go create – those are the two guys that can really create for themselves Especially and for others. have good strength off the bounce. Yeah, exactly. So those are the guys that can off the bounce, get into the paint, and whether they create a shot for themselves or kick out or whatever, those are the two guys. Because Sam Hostreiter, he's still kind of coming along. He's still coming into his own as far as an Very capable. Sport. He's yeah. shown you some flashes, hasn't yep. he? He, he? He can put the biscuit in the basket. There's a reason he's one of, what, four players with the Division One offer at this point. Um, uh, so he's a guy that he's going to be really good. He's not quite consistent where 
they necessarily need him to be to be kind of that that go-to guy. So it, it's a lot falls on those Hoiberg twins, and occasionally um, they'll try to do too much, but that, that goes for a, a lot of kids at the high school level. So, Yeah, let's hop over to B, right? Because uh, Elkhorn Mount Michael has got Gross. Uh, I, I believe Gross is still winless. Yeah. Uh, then they have Lincoln Lutheran. And then they've got the big one on the 6th, right? This upcoming weekend against Norris. Norris in the same vein has Beatrice, then Lincoln Christian. And then we just talked about the aforementioned matchup with Mount Michael. Kind of how do you see this week shaking out with a couple of look-aheads, potentially no dangers until we get to the 6th? Is that kind of how you're looking at it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> man, Class B fun again again just like we talked about same with football Football. all these teams are playing each other and some of them are playing each other twice and because (laughs) of the conference tournament yeah we'll get that we'll get to the plat view and and wahoo who will see each other tomorrow night after just playing each other saturday yeah and uh the emc with uh with waverly and bennington and um norris uh, all in that mix three of the better teams in the class so that bennington game was tough right 55 52 i'm thinking to myself wow do I need to be paying more attention to Bennington? That, that dipped them just to 500, but again, winning culture, right? I mean, yeah. they, those guys are used to winning. Oh, they're, yeah, they're eight and six now, and um, I, um, Tyler LeClaire missed the first couple games, so he's still kind of working his way back from that football injury, and he's a big part of what they do. And the thing about Bennington is uh, Austin Holtz, their point guard, mm-hmm. um, he's kind of more of an off-ball, catch-and-shoot type of guy. He can really light it up. If If you can't keep track of him, they're going to have a chance to beat anybody. So you're basically talking to Scott because they have, uh, uh, right? It's like, <laughs> what is, it, it's, and, it's, and it's interesting there, because I'm now I'm on to this. Winning begets more winning, right? And these guys that are used to playing a certain way, regardless of sport, have found a way to bring that across their sports, right? I, I mean, are you kind of vibing with that? It's no coincidence that some of these key cogs are multi-sport guys that are used to winning. I look, I look at Hood at Norris. Right, yeah. I, I look at what's going on at Waverly. Waverly basketball is just like Waverly football. They grind you. They wear on you. They they're just will hang in there longer than you will. I mean, that's that's kind of the school's culture. Yeah, and I think we talked about that last week, maybe two weeks ago. It's kind of that same thing that that does carry over, and especially when it's the key guys that are playing both sports. You don't don't necessarily have to be the star of each team, but. Uh, a guy like Hood, who's not the leading scorer on that Norris team, but he does a lot of little things. He's a great athlete. He contributes a lot to that team, even if he isn't the number one guy. So, um, and Trey DeVoe, um, it was kind of the same thing but for football. Good he's, he's, a, he's kind of a basketball first guy, but decided to go play football and was a huge part of what they did. So, um, it, it, it's that does carry over. It's hard to win without knowing how to win. Like we've seen so many times at multiple levels where young teams um, still kind of try to figure it out. Um, Speaking of winning and kind of, I think perhaps the biggest surprise in Class B is what you talked about with Platteview. There's and no question. I, I was talking to one of their I went to the, uh, the semifinal against Beatrice, and I was talking to one of their parents afterward, and he's like, yeah, we, we're totally shocked. We, we, uh, nobody over there thought they were going to be this good. And that's a credit to the kids, to the coaching staff, for surpassing expectations by so much. And we know Connor Milken. He's 
the leap he's taken has been huge. And Tyler Riley has made a huge step yeah, it, up. It's now the law firm, right? Yeah. It, it's Draper and Riley. And that's what I, <laughs> that's who I was going to mention. Alex Draper has been shooting the lights out. He, uh, I think it was five of, five of six from three he against Beatrice. I think he had another, yeah, Wahoo. another four or five against Wahoo. He's shooting it's, about 40% as a sophomore. I, I, I was joking with, with, with the Millicans. It didn't just quite roll off the tongue. So it's, it's <laughs> Millican with getting a little help from the law firm, yeah. right? I like Riley and Draper. The third quarter against Wahoo, it got away from them. They, because here's the thing about Platteview, and some other teams better figure this out. And it's funny. Like, people will hear Coach Brodsky and – and coach of the year, and in the same sentence, and they'll kind of, oh, come on, come on. But his ability, he's kind of this kinder, gentler Coach Brodsky. He's playing with younger players. It's almost like they, they're, I, I don't like the term because those guys want to get coached up, but it's almost like they're playing with house money, right? You just said nobody expected them to be where they are, and you watch the way they play offensively. It is free-flowing. They get shots up. They play with a certain amount of confidence. And here's the thing that I think the rest of Class B has to figure out. You can keep them down for spurts, but at some point they they get you, they got Elkhorn in the loss, right? They'll get you with like an 8-0-9-0 run. Now they have to guard better. They are they're a little leaky on the defensive end, but man, they get you with volume and shooting. And now that they've got the law firm going. I mean, Milliken can have a quiet 32, which is what I thought he had against Wahoo. I didn't. I wouldn't have guessed that was the total. He he made some tough shots. Uh, he had a couple of pullbacks from three where I'm just like, you just got to tip your yeah. cap. That, and that's the thing. Like, uh, I, I, um, the thing about him is he's just so relentless. He is not going to stop. There's nothing you can do. He is getting his shots up no matter what. And it may look like a bad shot in the first quarter. Second quarter, he's going to hit three in a row, taking the same exact shot. Yeah, he it, is never going to be discouraged by. He's the shots one. He's in. the one guy so far in B that you just cannot let get going. No, because I, I think he wakes up in the morning and it's like, hmm, confidence vitamin nap. Don't need that. Like he just is. You just he just doesn't get rattled. That that Beatrice game, they defended him perfectly. You could not have defended him better. He didn't score. He missed all his shots. It was awesome defense, forcing him into really tough looks. He couldn't get off the dribble. There was always help there. They're walling up, keeping him off the bounce, contest on every shot. Comes out, bangs in a three, first possession in the second quarter, yeah. and he's off and running. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what happens. And, and, and you get the good matchups, right? Because Platteview gets uh, the rematch with Wahoo Tuesday. Who knows how many points will be scored in that Ralston-Platteview game? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they may score 180 <laughs> in that game. And then they've got Elkhorn North, who, who can grind you. Uh, maybe another coach of the year candidate in B is, is, is Coach King. And I don't think anybody would, would shake a stick at that because I think they've surpassed expectations as well, especially for a first-year program. And, and, and then they've got Hastings. Right, so, so Platteview sitting there at four. I believe they're fifth in points right now currently. But then there's that team sitting right behind him at Waverly who, believe me, even the folks in Platte, you know, that is, you talk about matchups, that would be a very tough matchup for Platteview. And it's all about matchups, right? A, a grinding team. They make you carve out possessions. They make you guard. They got a fantastic head coach. And there's Waverly just kind of laying in the cut. Yeah, and that 
Platteview's uh, 14 and three. They got losses to Elkhorn, Roncalli in overtime, uh, and then Waverly, uh, 51-44 is their last loss. But they, after that Elkhorn loss, they went back and beat them. They beat Beatrice twice. Yeah. Uh, they beat Bennington. They just beat Wahoo, who's a really good team. So um, they're putting together a really impressive resume for sure. Of that top, do you think that top five is pretty firm? I, I know we both kind of scratch our head about Elkhorn, and it's hard, right? It's like eleven and what are they? Eleven and 11 four? five now. Five. That's not a bad record, but they're sitting there kind of at seven. I think most people have them seventh or eighth. Kind of composite. Do you? Did you expect more out of those guys this year, or you think they still have more in the tank? I, so I, I think. Uh, I did expect a little bit more. I thought they would be in kind of amongst those top, but that top two just based on heck. We talked about kind of the winning multi-sport kids, and uh, they've got some some tough kids there that were a big part of what they did in football. And um, Drew Christo obviously kind of leading the way, but they got some other guys out there too. And they it just seems like they're struggling uh, to get things to click. And they've got a lot of athleticism. They've got a lot of size. Um, there's not a lot of kind of creation off the bounce, and I think that's where. Um, offense can be a struggle at times. They mm-hmm. just don't have a lot of spacing, and it's easier for teams to take a w- with length, like Norris did. Um, they and that's a, long, that's, a long, that's a long basketball yeah. team. And, man, twice Norris absolutely picked apart their 1-3-1 with their, uh, with their ball movement. And um, so th- that's, they're going to have to find ways to score. Um, and I, they might have to adjust a little bit of what they're doing to, to create – to make that happen uh, just kind of it, it's tough without spacing uh, teams have the length to kind of take away those post entry passes uh, make it tough for them to score inside drew christo um i think he had one bucket uh, yeah. against norris in that emc final and they were just he only took three shots and two of them were jumpers um including his bucket so um they, they made it tough and they didn't really score anything at the rim um so that elkhorn's gonna have to find uh, a way to kind of counteract that teams defending them that way but i think elkhorn and scut 11 and 4 11 and 5 um both those teams are kind of not necessarily in that top five right now in terms of record but i, w- I wouldn't sleep on either one of them they, they both have the talent to make a run for sure yeah a lot of big matchups before we let you go um and before we get out of here there's west side millard west there's norris and mount michael uh there's you could go platteview and hastings um what games or ga- game in A and B do you think you can learn? What will you have learned the most about when we talk again on Monday? Yeah, I think it's probably at the, the Millard West, Westside one you talk about, kind of who is clearly that, that next team after the top. And then <laughs> Mount Michael and Norris. Yeah. Those probably are the two best teams in B right now, in ter- the two most complete teams in B right now, where they've got both sides, they've got length, they've got skill. Um, Cade Rice played unbelievably well against Elkhorn on Saturday at the point guard spot. And then obviously they've got Brayson Mueller and uh, Trey DeVoe and CJ Hood with that length, that front line. And we saw uh, Caleb Caleb Brink got back out there from Mount Michael. I was just going to say, Brink kind of shocked the world being back early. Yeah, he played in that South Sioux game this last week. I could could have seen that being back come districts. (laughs) Yeah, and that's... The initial thought, that's what they were kind of worried that it was more of a long-term thing. And that's kind of why we brought it up last week, because that dramatically changes who they are and what they can do. But the fact that he's back now, we'll see kind of what he's got, how close to 100% he is. But that's going to be a huge matchup there on Saturday at 4 o'clock. 
Yeah, we'll have to f- flip a coin and figure out where we're going. We'll divvy it up. We'll get you covered. Uh, that's the whole kid and caboodle. He's one of the best in the business. That's Jacob Padilla. I'm just a guy that's uh, moving along, try to get along. No motion is better than, or excuse me, slow motion is better than no motion, right? <laughs> we keep it moving slow. Uh, that's Nebraska Preps post game. That's my main man, Jacob Padilla. We'll be back next Monday. Make sure you're here. A Huda Media Production.